0: Hey, what's up everybody? This is Mike Roderick, AKA Mike Rod. and You're listening to the Shadows Podcast. Hey, Shadows listeners. If you're looking to make some extra income that also impacts people, then you need to look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. If you don't already know, Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years. I got certified through Giant in 2018 and I've been teaching ever since. Just to give you some context, They used to own and operate the John Maxwell brands. They ran the LeaderCast conferences where Jim Collins, Henry Cloud, Malcolm Gladwell, and Simon Sinek, just to name a few, were regular speakers. They have over 500 coaches worldwide, working in over 127 countries, and are being hired by companies like Google, Chick-fil-A, Pfizer, Delta, and more. And yes, you can do this too. I know this might sound intimidating, but Giant will literally give you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch. You get hands-on training from top-level coaches to learn the exact methodology and tools that six-figure coaches are using. You get an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, even if you wanna work 100% remotely. And you'll get to join a thriving community of coaches from all around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn the ins and outs of how to build a successful coaching business. This is both for experienced coaches, consultants, and those who are looking to start coaching and consulting with little to no experience. If you want to hear the really good news, this whole workshop, it's free, 100% free. And you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash shadows. Why not give it a shot? What's better than making a positive change in people's lives and making some extra money in the process? Giant launches a new hiring cohort every month. Now they only have 20 coaching slots available each month. So it's first come first serve. So go ahead and make sure you reserve your spot. If you're ready to make an impact and get paid doing it, go to giant.tv forward slash shadows, giant.tv forward slash shadows. All right, so I want to welcome everybody to another episode of the Shadows Podcast. I'm your host Trip Bodenheimer, and today I am excited to have Scott Ferguson join us here for the Shadows Podcast. He's a military veteran, spent some time in the Navy. He's also a managing director and host of the Time to Shine Today Podcast. Scott, welcome to the Shadows.
1: What's going on, Bodie? How are you, brother?
0: I'm pretty good. I'm excited. We've been working on this for for quite some time, so I'm excited to finally see this this play itself out.
1: That's right, man. It's come to fruition. I've been waiting to get on here. I'm so privileged. Thanks for having me, bro.
0: Oh, absolutely. And how is life in sunny Florida right now?
1: It's actually raining today, but we need it, and that's okay. And yeah, but I was still nice, calm water on the paddleboard this morning, so I'm pretty stoked about that pretty much every day me and my pit bull stitch we head out on the paddle board and kind of tool around the inlets here in jupiter
0: nice me and my dog walked through some pollen this morning so
1: (laughs) there's a lot of that around brother tell you that so i welcome the rain because it's killing my allergies this pollen that's in the air absolutely
0: i love when you get your car wash you spend like 15 bucks to go through a car wash (laughs) and it comes out green um (laughs) So before we get going with this episode and hear about your story, we've got some rapid fire questions to throw at you. Let's do it. Favorite
1: book? The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews.
0: Okay. Why that one?
1: Um, low point in my life, uh, 2009, um, and it was handed to me by a friend, and it's a Christian author. Wrote a book about a dude that is, his daughter's dying, lost his job, wants to end it all, runs his car into a tree in 1940. And give him hell. Harry Truman was there, and he, he goes to seven different people with different gifts to help him level up. So, like Harry Truman mm. for responsibility. It was the day before he dropped the bomb, in Hiroshima and Hiroshima Nagasaki. And then he goes to visit King Solomon for a little bit of uh, wisdom, like Anne Frank to be happy. You know, just on downline Abraham Lincoln, yeah. Gabriel the Archangel. So yeah, that's my go-to bug. Someone to hand to people that are in their doldrums.
0: Nice, and I got the level up reference in there too, as
1: well. See, baby. If you could be one television okay. character, who would you be? I would be probably the fall guy Lee Majors from back in the day. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the fall guy, but he was uh, he was a a guy that uh Lee Majors was my You know, I take that back. 6 million dollar man Lee Majors. That's what Lee I was going to
0: say. That. that Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 this has become a really popular question and I've been asking a lot of our guests and mm-hmm. uh, mine was Don Johnson, Miami Vice. Um, ah, Miami
1: Vice. Yeah. I yeah. Up and, yep. I feel you. <laughs> exactly.
0: So we're showing our age, I guess, with our, I guess that's a good way to get somebody's age. That's it, baby. You
1: can have 49. dinner with,
0: dinner with three people, three historical figures who are no longer with us. Who'd you eat with?
1: Victor Frankel, he was the author of The Man's Search for Meeting, wrote about the Holocaust, amazing survivor. I would say um, Kobe Bryant. I, mm-hmm. I'd love to hate him because I was a Detroit Pistons fan. Uh, like, I loved him even before he passed away. He was a guy that I actually got to meet a couple times and I'd love to have him at the dinner table. And, you know, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, so I want Jesus there.
0: Nice. Okay. It's an interesting group right there.
1: Exactly. You got a Jew, a Christian, (laughs) and then an African-American. So it's like run them, run the ball, but run it all across, bro.
0: I love this question because everybody has a different answer.
1: Hmm?
0: Your definition of leadership.
1: Leadership to me is giving the opportunity to others to succeed, giving them the game plan, Um, not doing it for them, but giving them the game plan to, to succeed like a coach um, like the greatest coaches, obviously you got Belichick Saban and, and, and those coaches out there that they, they aren't out there passing the ball. They're not out there shooting the buckets. Um, they're not on there in the wrestling mats, you know, um, no. they're not that. They give you the game plan they have to go implement it. So leadership will give the game plan in specific details, delegate what needs to be done and get out there and expect them to execute.
0: Nice. Okay. And that was some of the best rapid fire we've had. Didn't have to do a lot of thinking. You were ready to go for those. All right. So now for our audience, tell us uh, about about Scott Ferguson's upbringing.
1: Yeah, man. It's a pretty cool story. Um, I was offered by like Oprah Winfrey, Sally Jesse Raphael, Ricky Lake, uh, Montel Williams back in the 90s for my story. It's very unique. I ended up being born in the Philippines in 1972. So I'm 49 years old. I'll be 50 beginning of next year. And at the time, I, my father was an American GI. My mother was Filipino, and they, you know, adulted And I was being, I was made. And then I was told my father got killed in Vietnam. Um, and at the time, mixed breed male babies, bastard children who didn't know their father, were frowned upon because I'm six foot one, two fifty ish, and like they didn't want big men because the average Filipino male is like five six, five seven, and like a buck eight, 60, buck forty, buck fifty, buck sixty and they were afraid that we'd physically take over the country back then okay and so i was um immediately adopted out to a family who was an air force family had a couple kids of their own and they started the adoption process with me and they took me to america because the mother who was going to adopt me his father got sick so we went back there on a temporary passport her father dies she goes schizophrenic they can't raise me i ended up in an orphanage for a couple of years and I was a dark skinned baby. If you're watching on here, you can see I'm not a white dude and I'm a dark. skinned the Filipino comes out and that in 1972, 73, that was taboo for a white family to adopt a darker baby. So I kind of hung out for a while and I'm blessed to have been adopted by my, who I call my dad and my late mother. Uh, and they started the adoption process. I had to become an American citizen. I moved to Detroit, Michigan. Um, and we ended up like my dad was a Vietnam vet, really bad into drinking. He couldn't raise me. So then I was passed around to this huge, lack of better term, hillbilly family. My whole family's from the South, cotton pickers, sharecroppers that moved to the industrial North. And because my dad couldn't raise me, I was shipped around to different families within the family and nobody really let me, made me fit in. And except for an uncle and aunt who did a great job of kind of raising me, um, very strict fire and brimstone, a lot of Christian living in that house. And then eventually I went back to live with my dad after he cleaned up and he's my best friend, the world loved my dad and ended up after that going, um, being pretty good in sports, did not uh, get a scholarship because the schools that were offering didn't like a 1.8 grade point average, you know? So they're (laughs) like, uh, uh, you're not coming here. Um, so my dad's like, you're not living here, man. We didn't raise you to live anywhere for free. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I joined the world's greatest Navy, man, the world's finest Navy. And, I built a family within the Navy through the discipline that they instilled and mm-hmm. ended up doing six deployments, six tours um, during 1990, 1997 and uh, made friends to the very end, you know, and we're yeah. still with the Facebook phenomenon. We were able to reconnect about 2007, 2008. So we all meet, you know, once a year, usually at my place, cause I'm here in paradise in South Florida and they come out here and we party and have a good time every year. But there's the first place where I ever felt, that I was part of something and that includes family, high school sports, high school, anything. I wasn't a loner. I was always quote unquote popular and and liked, but there was a huge facade that went on from the Navy, got out, um, started personal training people and started in the real estate business. And that's what I do for my day job as a realtor. Mm -hmm. Printed money in the early 2000s, was making money that I, I didn't even have to try. Did not listen to my advisors lost everything in 09 when the market crashed. My little brother stuck a gun in his mouth, killed himself. So I was really oh, lost. Um, and that's when somebody handed me a book, The Traveler Skip and said, read this and join our group because we were a group of basically uh, misfit toys and started joining them. And then I learned that I was doing everything not in the service of others. I was doing it for me because I had a huge chip on my shoulder. Even when I was printing money, Bodie, that's what I did, man. I, I did it yeah. all for Fergie. That was it. Um, And then in 2009, 2010, I started really being a go-giver and doing what I love in the service of people that love what I do. And it just changed everything really gave me a a turnaround. And that's basically a 30. And that's when I started time to shine today in 2010. And that's a little 30,000 foot view, brother. So sorry to be long, but I like to preface everything with the story because it makes sense going forward.
0: Yeah, no, it absolutely does. And, um, you know, one of the first questions I was going to ask you is, you know, talk to us about the importance of when you joined the Navy, because you said that was the first time of, you know, acceptance and, mm-hmm. and probably stability uh, mm-hmm. at that point in your life. How much did that mean to you, that experience? man
1: meant everything, man. And it still does. And I and the funny thing is, man, and you can attest to this, is that, you know, when I went in the military, it was nineteen ninety. Yeah. And at the time, there was really no draft. Gulf War was about to get started. Yep. There was no draft, didn't have to. So the, most of the people who went in the military, body were misfits. I mean, people, like, they go in front of the judge and they say, you can go do two to four years in the military, you can go to jail. So yeah. we had those kind of people on boot camp. You know, I was from um, a middle-class white neighborhood, Plymouth, Michigan. You know, and then you're going down there with people from, you know, the hills of Virginia or the streets of L.A., and mesh them together, and you, by the end of the nine or ten weeks of boot camp, you're marching in cadence, you do anything for that person, and that's what instilled, wow, there's a belonging, and it was just fantastic, brother, and then, obviously, it teaches you discipline and responsibility, and that's where I have, to this day, even my, which you went through my protocol for my podcast, and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, I'm boom, 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 everything's protocol, and that's how I live my life.
0: And when you decided to part ways from the military everybody has that crossroad where they're like what do I stay in do I get out do I even <laughs> people that retire it's like you know oh gosh what am I going to do next what was it that uh drove you towards real estate
1: um I was really into fitness and mm-hmm. whatnot at the time so I got out I, before I got out of the military and the only reason why I got out is I, I married my high school sweetheart she's like Scott can we please go home to Michigan you know blah, 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 and we went home divorced and we're still best friends to this day um, because we grew up together since we yeah. were really young, uh, but like the personal training turned into I was uh, training a lot of people of wealth, and basically, I was personal training and bouncing at night at a bar. And when I had personal training in the morning, people of wealth that had wealth came in, and I would always talk to them, like, Hey, man, after I was done bouncing, I watched this Carlton Sheets No Money Down commercial on television, you know, late night television. And they're like, That's BS, that's not how it works. And a gentleman named Gary Shapiro, he's like, listen, go out and find a property, go bird dog for me, find me a property, if it works, great. And that's basically how it happened. I mean, it was like Gordon Gecko and Charlie Sheen moments, if you ever saw Wall Street, where I would hand him a property and he'd be like, ah, that's a dog with fleas. That's a dog with different fleas. And finally, like we found our first one and that's where it launched. And I was like, you know what? I would love to help other people um, in real estate. Man, I am paid 3% of transaction. That's a ton of money. You know, if you really think about it, you sell something for $200,000, you are making six grand. I mean, come on. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is easy. So eventually, I mean, I dropped bouncing all together and I phased out a personal training, which my company was called Time to Shine, believe it or not. And uh, phased that out, sold it, which the gentleman that took it over is still doing phenomenal with it. And, um, you know, real estate was is what it is since
0: 1999. Yeah. And greed is good from <laughs> Wall Street.
1: Yeah, it is, baby. I'm just kidding. So- it's not.
0: Uh, You know, to kind of talk about kind of a darker moment, you mentioned uh, two things. And first of all, you know, my condolences about your brother uh, hearing about that news. And thank you for opening up and sharing that Mm -hmm. as well. So talk to us about the oh nine with I mean, the the financial issues that you had to struggle. And then, uh, you know, hearing the unfortunate news about your brother, like people go through uh, stuff like that and could be listening to the show who've gone Mm -hmm. through something like that. How are you so positive today after, uh, everything that you experienced, you know, looking back now, you know, 13 years ago or so. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's surrounding myself with the right people is one, but two, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm coach. I have a lot of coaches in my life yeah. and that I trust. And I have like four coaches that, you know, and I invest in myself with those coaches. And, you know, I'm, I'm told that, you know, the, the in your car, you have a windshield that's huge and you have a rear view mirror that's small and a lot of people who live in that rear view mirror and pull mm. those bad things forward. Me, I've, I've learned through the past 12 years or so to pull all the good things forward and to step on the stuff that doesn't make any sense or step on the stuff that I feel like I'm hurting. Not that I don't hurt, but I just choose not to acknowledge the bad times. Um, I, don't, I have people that I can go and talk to about them at you know, the mental hygiene and VA. Um, or just friends that have maybe went through abandonment and in, in deaths and stuff like that, or losing their job or jobs or businesses and stuff. So, you know, I have just surrounded myself with just a fantastic mastermind of people that we don't allow each other to get down. And if we are, then we have to talk, you know, and we're not jerks about it, we're like, dude, spill. And this is what we're going to do to move forward. And a lot of it, I leave on the jujitsu mat every morning. You know, you can find me at Gambler's Jitsu in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. You know, 6 a.m., six mornings a week. And I leave a lot of stuff there. You know, yeah. jujitsu's life. You know, I mean, have a guy my size laying on top of you for, you know, freaking minutes upon minutes and figuring out how to get out of it. And there's always a way. That's life. So I leave yeah. a lot of my stuff there. A lot of blood, sweat, tears, injuries, and whatnot. I leave there on the mats. But I just pu- choose to pull forward what I – choose to pull forward and i journal every friggin day every day i'm journaling
0: i like what you said i'm picking little pieces up you're talking about like your you know your your spiritual piece with the with the journaling and uh talking about your your social piece as well with the people you surround yourself with and then the physical aspect of getting out there and working out i think all three of those are are very very important i've been through something um you know, traumatic two traumatic experiences as well, losing my father, mm. uh, and then losing my sister as well. And I like what you said about the I appreciate it. I, I like what you said about the the rear view mirror. Still look forward, you only glance at that rear view mirror every now and then. Yeah. Um because you, you never forget about that stuff. But right. um if if you stay too focused on it, you're gonna crash.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Um, so throughout uh well, before we get into time to shine, like looking back at your upbringings, I mean, it's an incredible story um, from where you are here today. What's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself?
1: Biggest thing I learned about myself is fear nothing and do it scared. Yeah, You know, that, that's the biggest thing, because for me to went through what I went through and still decide to progress and, mm-hmm. and, and thrive and not just survive, that, that's really the thing I picked up. Man, I'm very disciplined. Um, I'm very, I take responsibility for everything, good and bad. Even when I was younger, I take responsibility for that because it's my choice now and how to respond to it. I mean, responsibility, Bodhi, is just the ability to respond. That's Mm -hmm. all it is. It's rooted in the word, bro. So it's like, I take responsibility for everything. So if I start feeling something from my past or the abandonment, I can respond to it any way I want now. That's my thing, man. you know, and it's not a facade. It's not fake. It's just like, dude, this is where I live. We're here for a very short time. That's it, you know? And I want to just make the best out of it all,
0: period. So now tell us about Time to Shine podcast.
1: Started it December 19th of 2019. And basically it's a parlay off of Time to Shine today. Um, Website, coaching business. And what I have is um, I'm an affiliate marketer by trade. So right now, the way I've worked it up, I got like 92,000 subscribers. I got, you know, I'm looking at the Atlantic Ocean right now and on my left is a whole room full of swag that p- companies send me, that help level up health, wealth and mindset. I get a bunch of free stuff and I'm able to go through do product reviews, send it out to my list of over 90,000 subscribers, give them a great deal on it. And then they pay me affiliate commission for, for sending it. And if anybody, if nobody's really familiar with affiliate marketing, just pretend, you know, a McDonald's owner, you know, does not own McDonald's, the name, and doesn't own the burgers on the real estate. They own the rights to sell McDonald's. So I own the rights to sell product. And so people were like, you know, Ferg, we, went, we want to hear more about it. So I started doing a podcast and I did it. And I was like, wait a minute, man, I'm only talking about me and my company and how I level up. Why don't I get other people to come in and teach my listeners how to level up? Hmm. And from there, uh, I interviewed 212 people so far, we just went over 500,000 downloads. Um, we, you know, I'm, I'm coming on Sirius XM radio next month. You know, I got a f- fantastic, you know, following with it, but I do, I give, give, give till it hurts so good. And again, I do what I love in the service of people that love what I do. And that's all about us, man. At time to shine today is we give, give, give. So even when I'm selling a product, I'm selling it at such a steep discount that people are getting, getting, Deals for a lack of a better term. They're getting value for what they have. Yeah. And that's me, man. You know, and I'm not I do it for the intention and not the attention. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like yeah. my intention is bro, to give, give, give till it hurts so good for me. And that's that's what I do, bro. That's that time to shine today. And the podcast is an awesome platform because there's only a million podcasts, and over eight hundred and fifty or nine hundred thousand of them are ghost podcasts, I meaning they do one or two episodes. We're dropping three to four to five a week sometimes so yeah. that, that's where we're consistent we love what we do with it and we give phenomenal mm-hmm. value and I set the podcast body up on a, an affiliate platform where I want to bring people in because I'm an executive coach I only coach five clients um, one-on-one and they're all like a couple fortune 100s I have a major league baseball player I have I'm blessed to have built my coaching business but I don't want to have anyone to feel like they have no one that's our credo that's our tagline that's from my past of be, having abandonment and whatnot so people will call in and say, Hey, you know, I want to meet Bodie or I want to meet Todd Cohen or Bob Berg or somebody that I've interviewed. And what I do is I put those people with them mm-hmm. and that person pays an affiliate commission to time to shine today. So not only if I give my person exposure, that person gave phenomenal content, a free masterclass and everybody wins, yeah. you know, and we get paid in the end. So it's, a, and I'm fully sponsored, you know, I'm can say I get 275 bucks an episode from various companies. So, it has a life of itself. It works. And I, because I did it in the service of others, I didn't do it just for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome too. I like the intention versus attention piece. Exactly. And then also what you said is, you know, something I, I learned when I started doing mine was that uh, most don't make it. I heard like the magic number is like eight. Once you get past eight episodes, you're, you're pretty good from that right. point forward. But it, yeah, there's, there's millions out there, but there's only like a, a select few that are still up and running. So, and that's amazing. Y'all have the sustainment as long as you do. Yeah, Um, Yeah, we love it, man. That that speaks volumes right there. Um, Biggest struggle that you had to endure through this whole pandemic?
1: This pandemic? Mm -hmm. Zero. And I'm not even saying the biggest struggle I had was not being asked how I'd like my steak prepared for me. You know, that's the (laughs) only struggle I had. And once I looked at it, because it went through no nine, I said, I will never be unprepared. So I always mm-hmm. keep money in the bank, keep real money in a safe, gold coins, all that jazz that I was told to do by my mentors. So financially, it was never an issue. It was, even mentally, I looked at it as like, man, this is a break. And I can ramp up my podcast to the point because yeah. nobody's going to be doing anything. So my challenge really was, man, I, like going stir crazy. I was missing the mat with my team, you know, but, you know, off the record, you know. We had that was your biggest teams. challenge. You know, we had our... uh speakeasies you know mats that we go and still roll and and get it done but uh you know that I really did not have that at all and I'm not saying it to say oh it was easy because it it wasn't easy but at the same time I've been through much harder and if sitting at home and binge watching when I wanted to at night and working when I wanted to in the day is a bad life I don't think that's that bad (laughs) you know (laughs) it was nice
0: What do you want your legacy to be 50 years from now? When somebody mentions Scott Ferguson, Time to Shine Today podcast, everything that you've been doing, what do you want them to say about you?
1: They're going to say that I did it for the intention and not the intention, but they're also going to say I'm obsolete as hell. And what I mean by that is Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the bomb was dropped and it was bombed, dropped by a B-52 bomber. You look at that B-52 and you look at the B-1 now, I think it's the B-1, you you know better than me with the, mm-hmm. the Air Force, but I'm, it's obsolete, right? What I'm doing is I'm planting the seeds, okay? And I know that I will never sit in the shade of the tree that I planted and I'm good with that. And that's how mm-hmm. I want to be remembered, period. That's yeah. it, you know, I want to be like, you know, you look at like Sigmund Freud, you know, he's a great psychologist, but people don't really remember what he said. He just remember he was good. And that's how I remember is Fergie touched people's lives, did everything scared, you know, just did it. But he went through, got his asking gear and asked when he needed to. And he provided mentoring to everybody that needed it. You know, you know, the more you mentor, the more immortal you become. Right. So I mentored, but I'm also obsolete. You know, I'm like, hey, no, he did his nice next, you know, but that's how yeah. I want to be remembered.
0: I like that. Plant the seeds, but don't sit in the shade.
1: You're never going to, bro, if you don't like plant enough. So absolutely. Yeah,
0: that's good. If people want to find out more about you, your podcast or anything that you're doing, where can we point
1: them to? Uh, time to shine today slash podcast. Um, that's where we run everything on our site. We don't um, do much else. I used to blog a lot and all that stuff. But things taken care of with the podcast. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's where everyone can find me. They can dial us direct at area code 561-440-3830. And you'll get an actual human being answering the phone and, uh, be able to rock and roll. And if we don't, there'll be a nice answer machine with our today's date. So, you know, that we're there present and ready to rock.
0: Nice. Yeah, we're definitely going to have the the link for the podcast on here for the episode description. So, regardless of what platform you're listening to, or YouTube, it's going to be listed in the description for this episode as well. Sir, what final comments do you have for our listeners?
1: Uh, don't take life too seriously; you'll never make it out alive. Have fun, bro. Let's just get after it. Yeah, that's it.
0: Well, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're busy with, with everything you're doing over there on your end, but uh <laughs> appreciate having you here on the Shadows Podcast. And that is going to conclude this episode. See you all next week.